Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me once again. I'm very excited to be with you here on this Wednesday. Is today Wednesday already? Holy cow. Wow. I have great news about today. Today is September 27th. And based on my math that I did when I adopted Dip, I have concluded that today is his birthday. So everybody wish Dip a happy birthday. He's chilling in Dot's Kennel because that's where he likes to hang out. Uh, we are having a great day. I think after I'm done here, we're going to go, probably Andy's going to go out rollerblading and we'll see if we can get Dip some wet food to enjoy because he does really like that stuff. Um, Dot is also doing well for, excuse me, for the record. I cannot get it through my head that if I drink fizzy drinks right before I stream, it causes me problems, but I apparently don't care. I just feel like drinking fizzy drinks, but here we are. Okay, you guys, I want to show you the last five videos that I streamed with you guys and what YouTube is doing right now. So this is fun. <laughs> so yesterday's video was limited suitability for ads. So was the day before. And the day before we talked about a certain comedian slash actor slash commentator who is getting into trouble with the mainstream media and we played one of his videos. They took out a copyright strike on his video, even though it is very common knowledge that the man himself who put up this video is not getting money off this and would not have put a copyright strike on it. I don't know who put this copyright strike on it, but apparently this is now something that I have to deal with. So this appears to be the course of action. So if you guys feel like super chatting, that'd be fantastic. I'm not sure. <laughs> I did not go onto YouTube with the expectation of making a bunch of money, um, but this is ridiculous. So four out of the last five videos have either limited ad suitability. We talked about nothing inappropriate. We don't talk about anything violent. We don't even swear, but they have decided that I am not suitable for their advertisers, probably because I'm a conservative. I understand. I knew this would be the case, whatever. I just thought this was super interesting. And this is kind of making me mad, <laughs> especially since we know that the man I was talking about, the man whose video I played, the man who's now exclusively on Rumble, from my understanding, is not the one taking out this copyright claim. So I just want to show you guys that because it was really infuriating me. I sent Andy a screenshot of that because I was like, look at what they're doing. Like, what is even the point? But I refuse to quit because I would like to be a conservative voice on YouTube. Um, there aren't many of us on there, not actual conservatives, because it's not very friendly to conservatism. But it is what it is. These things happen. I just want to let you guys know this is happening. So I'm sorry about ad placement in this video. If it gives you a hard time, please feel free to try to skip or move around it. Jared says, happy birthday, Dip. Thank you, Jared. I appreciate this. He also says, I'm conflicted about how to answer this poll question. This poll question says, if a dog bites a person who is not the owner, whose, whose fault is it? And the majority of you guys think it's the owners or trainers. And then 8% say the other person, they're probably bad. So this is an interesting place to start today's conversation because we're going to be talking about, oh, thank you, Hell Saint. I appreciate your super chat very much. That helps a lot. Uh, I just feel like super chatting. Very cool. <laughs> I appreciate it. Dip appreciates it. I will buy him a little gift with it. Um, we're going to look at what's going on with the Biden's dog. So I don't know if you guys recall the Biden's other dog, but they had a dog who was actually removed from the White House because he would not stop biting people. 
and a lot of them were secret service agents. So this is the other dog, and now he's on his 11th case, his 11th publicly known case of biting a secret service officer. I was like, I was looking at this and I'm like, this is crazy. So a few things to point out here. First of all, something's really wrong in the Biden White House. And I have to be honest when I say this, I feel like the Biden White House is really setting the stage for the rest of the country in ways that it probably shouldn't be, because there is a feeling of uncertainty and distrust and instability that I think comes straight from the White House and affects everybody, because I certainly feel it strongly and I'm not sure exactly where else it would be coming from. I'd have to say, looking at all of these instances of corruptions from the Biden family really making me uncomfortable. But let's look at this comment from this person on the left. Let's be honest here. Commander is probably just rooting out the bad agents. He should be rewarded with treats. So it's a very interesting way of excusing exactly what's happening here. Uh, this other comment says, what did the Secret Service agent do? This other guy says, who's a good boy? Oh, it's the same guy who said commanders probably just rooting out bad agents this other commenter says nice and this person finally chimes in and says can't even raise a dog how pathetic bad dog owners are the worst i don't know man this is a really interesting case i do think that someone in their 80s should not be owning a dog as high maintenance as a german shepherd because i know you guys know our pal luke Rakowski. he owns a german shepherd very sweet, very kind dog, very high maintenance, requires a lot of training, requires a lot of attention, care, attention to detail, all this other stuff. I just realized this last night. This is crooked. I haven't had a chance to fix it. There we go. Should be good. Dip really likes to rub on it, so it probably has some cat hair on it. I'm really lucky I'm not lucky. I'm just, I'm really lucky I'm not allergic. I'm just breathing him in. It's gross. Thanks, Dip, for the cat dander. His gift to me. Unhallowed Snipe says, howdy, howdy from Tucson. Howdy, hello, hey, howdy. I <laughs> tried to mix howdy and hello. Um, Jared says, I think their dogs are biting staff because they sense all the evil from the Bidens and everyone on the Biden staff and admin. Yeah, I don't know. I have seen people who are saying things like, well, they know that the Secret Service used to work for Trump. And I'm like, are you crazy? <laughs> That's a really weird conclusion to draw. But whatever. Shara says, I need a third choice. If the other person is threatening and attacking the owner, if the attacker gets bit, it's on them. Yes, obviously. I'm going to have to go on a limb here and say that the Secret Service agents who are actively protecting Joe Biden 24-7, not attacking Joe Biden. Unless Joe's being really mean to them, which he certainly might be. I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a, a spate of accusations that came out a while ago about how exactly Joe Biden is incredibly rude to all his staff. He curses at them. He makes them feel, you know, inferior, all this other stuff. And honestly, that could be the case for sure. Um, but as I was saying, I don't think that someone in their 80s should own a dog who is as high maintenance as a German Shepherd. I think they should own something like, let's see, um, oh, those water dogs. I think they're called uh, Portuguese water dogs. No, no, no. They're not Portuguese water dogs. Havanese. Havanese is what Ben Shapiro owns. My brother has one of them. They don't require a lot of exercise. They're very calming. They're good therapy dogs. They're adorable. They are so cute and and they're so calm. I really think that they should be a high, <laughs> much higher dog option for the Bidens. It's crazy to me. 
Yeah. So here's this other, these ridiculous comments, just excusing the training that obviously did not happen for these dogs. That's exactly what the dog commander is for, to serve and protect his owner, all caps, president or not. Dogs rule and they obviously know what's going on in your minds and ours. They know everything. Wow. This lady needs some kids. (laughs) Uh, The Illinois Animal Control Act provides that a dangerous dog means any individual dog that behaves in a manner that a reasonable person would believe poses a serious and unjustified imminent threat of physical, serious physical injury or death to a person or a companion animal. That would certainly be the Biden's German Shepherd. I think Biden's dog does not like the sounds coming from the Secret Service earpieces. That's an interesting point. Actually, I haven't heard that. Or dogs know bad people. The first part, yes. The second part, whatever. These people would literally put their lives in the hands of a dog, and I would not. Because you know who you can train to rat you out to the state? A dog. You know who you cannot train to rat you out to the state? A cat. Just saying. I'm just going to leave that there. (laughs) I just thought that was funny because I noticed that the other day. But Andy's right. They do view themselves as part of a... Uh, part of your pack. He has his reasons. I'm sure it was not unprovoked. He has his reasons. So these people are really, really excusing this dog. And I'm just like, no, this dog should not be around people. This is not a normal thing. This is not a safe thing. Something's wrong with these dogs. They're obviously very upset and unsettled. And whether you're willing to blame it on the dog themselves or not, we should at least consider that they need more training and possibly to not be in as high a stress environment as the White House is. That's just my two cents on that one. But <clears throat> everybody smiles says, if you're over 80, you should only own a stuffed taxidermy dog. Well, for the president, he has a whole team of people who are there to take care of the dog for him. Havanese would sit on his lap and just keep him company and all this other stuff. Um, duck tolling retriever is by far the best tempered and cutest breed in the world. I don't know what that looks like. That sounds adorable and I love it. Uh, Whisper says my little girl will be 15 this November. Oh, Dot will be one in December, which I'm excited about. And she is adorable too. She really needs a haircut. Many businesses. I've been bitten three times, 100% unprovoked. All three were German shepherds. Just recently, my wife has bitten by a shepherd after being friendly and getting pats. Wow. Wow. True CIA failed shoving mics into cats successful with dogs. So that's what I'm saying, right? So the CIA was able to use dogs when they tried cats. It was a massive failure. Such a waste of taxpayer money. And I was just like, yeah, a cat would never rat you out. You could have anything you wanted in your house and your cat would just be like, sup, dude, that's cool. (laughs) I trust Dip with my life. Whereas I don't know about Dot. If people were super nice to her and had treats, she might just sell me right up the river. I don't know. And much as I love dogs, it's very much a different kind of love. It's like, I gotta be a little bit careful. Gotta know what you're getting into. I just thought it was super, super interesting um, to notice that about that. But... All right, what are we talking about next? Let's see what we have. We are going to talk about, oh, we're talking about Commander, poor Commander. I think that he should be able to actually go live on a farm, not like pass away or be put down. I think he should be able to actually move somewhere calmer and more peaceful. But who knows? Who knows what they're going to do with him? Probably not the right thing. They are, in fact, the Bidens. LOL, LOL, FOL, Copter says, poor Commander, the things that dog must have seen. Yeah, exactly. Greg says, I don't know about Dip, but my cats would not wrap me out to the state. Neither would Dip. He would never. He would never. He loves us, first of all, and he's not going to 
he's not going to be like, oh my gosh, they have drugs, whatever. Obviously we don't, but he would never, (laughs) he would never be friendly with strangers like that. He would be like, who are you? And what have you done with my people? Why are you here instead of my people? I don't like you. I don't trust you. You haven't earned my love yet. Oh yeah. Remember when Joe Biden got out of the shower and pulled his dog's tail and they blamed him falling on that because his foot was hurt? Yeah. First of all, nobody believed that. But second of all, um, one of the things they keep, people keep posting underneath these, um, uh, articles about commander biting was a, a, a video that's supposedly of Joe Biden kicking the dog in the head, which is crazy if true. Now I couldn't tell from the video if that was actually what was happening. Um, but command, the dog was certainly there. I forget the name of the other dog, but one of the dogs was definitely there. Biden did not respond appropriately, but Nanya says cats aren't real. They're CIA spies. Too many similar letters. <laughs> there you go. That's the case you can make. D- well, you could also say that dogs are too similar to the DEA, okay? Because they have the letter D in. Co- I'm just kidding. It's silly, silly nonsense. Cats rule, dogs drool. I love both of them. They both have very different kinds of affection and love. So. Totally appreciate that. All right. So Margot Cleveland has been going on a tear about the Hunter Biden thing. And we're going to read some of her thoughts and some of the actual thoughts from the text of the Ways and Means Committee. Uh, all the IRS whistleblower documents pursuant to the legal authority under 261 USC 6103. Some items to point your attention to regarding the investigation. Let's let Margot do that for us. Now, Margot writes for The Federalist. She's great. Mostly because she follows me. I'm just kidding. I love Margo. Um, she's a senior legal correspondent for the Federalist. She's Catholic conservative, 25-year federal law clerk, former full-time university faculty, sometimes adjunct lawyer, mom. Yeah, awesome. Uh, okay, so so adding a few thoughts to, of what jumps out to me here. This reference to $5 is interesting. So let's read, see if we can get the full context. Hopefully we can. Exhibit 4A. This email was received by the investigative team via an electronic search warrant served on Google related to RHB's Apple email account. That would be which Biden RHB. The lowercase writing in the email is believed to be from RHB and the capitalized writing is believed to be Devin Archer's responses made. I would point you to the item six. This is believed to be RHB laying out the plan related to the Burisma board income he and Archer were about to receive. Let me, you know what? I want to know what is Hunter's first name? Hunter Biden. It might be Robert. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what his initials are. Initials. Yeah. Robert Hunter Biden. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Mystery solved. You're welcome, guys. There's your full context. We're all citizen journalists around here. Yeah. So <clears throat> lowercase is Hunter laying out uh, details of the plan related to the Parisma board income he and Archer were about to receive. Page two for references, a slide that was presented to U.S. Attorney David Weiss in June of 2022, and our investigative summary of the information being referred to in the email. Again, Hunter references $5 million in total from Burisma, which was referenced at the beginning of the board agreement, which I believe coincides with information on the FBI form FDI 1023, which, as previously stated, was not shared with the IRS case agent Joseph Ziegler. So... 
fascinating information to have for sure. And there's a lot of information like this. Um, so we're going to get to some of it. My voice sounds a little bit weird. My throat was a little bit sore uh, since last night. Here's more evidence of Joe Biden's involvement from the mouth or fingers of James Biden. Here's the WhatsApp message. This one might be a little hard to break down. So we have the start date related to type miscellaneous and the description. Okay. 12-29-2018 was the date related to other. Type is computer iCloud backup. So this is a WhatsApp message. Description. WA messages between SM and James B. SM says, I can work when I'm in NYC all day, every day for the next three months from 8 to 12, but I can't pay alimony without dad or tuition for or food or gas. Really, it's all gone. I can go make it up in 15 to 20 days, I'm sure, but he's basically made it clear that he's not paying alimony because mom made clear that she won't do it. Haley, so we are referring to Hunter Biden right here. He is the one saying this. Haley, who is his ex-wife, won't allow me to be at the house or lend me or pay me back any money. Ashley moves into mom's house after I told dad that I would move in there. Ashley is his sister, Ashley Biden. We know her. She has a diary. That night, I tell dad I want to probably stay in the area and specifically wanted to live by you and teach my courses at Penn and maybe develop another one. To which James Biden, his uncle, responds, this can work. You need a safe harbor. I can work with your father alone. Two exclamation points. We, as usual, just need several months of his help for this work. Let's talk about it. It makes perfect sense to me. This is difficult to fully vet without talking. Will you please call me on WA WhatsApp, right? Uh, we can develop a plan together. It can work. I'm going to try to call you again. Please answer. I can and I will. Crisis with Caroline. Not sure which, who Caroline is. I think it's a daughter. Um, same problem with P and New York Post. I'm not sure what P refers to. I don't think it matters too much. Dealing with it as we speak. She is okay. I believe I have it under control. Exclamation point question mark. I get back to you ASAP. So typed like a true boomer. And I tweeted earlier today how happy I was that the champs who are in trouble for all this stuff were so scrupulous about taking all of these notes for us. Like we literally have Joe Biden saying, son of a gun, the guy got fired after I threatened Ukraine to withhold billions in funding. Look at that. Billions, millions, don't remember. doesn't matter. Margo goes on. Whoa. Exhibit 210. This email was discussed in my previous testimony and I wanted to include it as reference. From what I recall, the Mann Act violations, human trafficking charges and evidence were referred by the assigned prosecutors to another investigative team outside Delaware, but I was not a part of that process and do not know what ultimately happened. Now, the person speaking here is Joseph Siegler, who was the IRS whistleblower. Hello, psycho clown. Welcome in. I know that the evidence related to the potential Man Act violations came up by the assigned prosecutors at multiple times during the course of the investigation. If U.S. Attorney Weiss was in charge of all charging decisions, I would think that would be one to bring forward these alleged Man Act charges related to Hunter. Yes, maybe so. Margot obviously takes this more seriously than I do because I don't know the full implications. She goes on to ask what happened to the FARA investigations, Foreign Agents Registration Act, uh, which Biden was, they were considering prosecuting Biden, uh, Hunter under because he was acting 
as a foreign agent without being registered. Exhibit 202 and 203. I have included this email again, Joseph Ziegler. I received as a one-off example of the constant concern with including anything related to former Vice President Joe Biden. Prior to this email, FBI had provided a draft of an email search warrant related to the FARA investigation relating to Burisma. I've included the page of the draft of the search warrant, which identified political figure one as former Vice President Joseph Biden. USA uh, Attorney of the USA, uh, US Attorney General, I think it was, Leslie Wolf, was asking to remove him from this document. That's right. That is on record. It was noted that this email was sent around the same time that we received and started reviewing the WhatsApp messages disclosed to the committee by Gary Shapley. As I recall, it was a constant struggle to follow investigative leads and to follow the evidence as roadblocks were constantly being put up. Right. They did not want Hart Hunter Biden to be prosecuted for this stuff. Margo goes on. Blinken was involved in getting the 51 former intelligence officer letters going, wasn't he? Exhibit 303. This email was received by the investigative team via an electronic search warrant served on Google related to Hunter's Google email account. At the time of the email, Anthony Tony Blinken was a United States Deputy National Security Advisor for the Obama administration and then became the U.S. Deputy Secretary of State on or about January 9th, 2015. In this email, Schwerin, not sure who that is, presents Hunter Biden's Hunter Biden with Blinken's personal email account. This email was noted by the investigative team because it would be considered unusual for a government official to use his personal email address to potentially conduct official businesses. Business. The personal email of Blinken was found multiple times over the course of the investigation as seen in Exhibit 302 on 5-19-2015 and 22-2015. So another player has entered the stage, and that is Anthony Blinken. And she says, oh yeah, Biden team ran Clinton playbook in laptop Russia disinformation hoax. Let's take a quick peek at that. Coincidence? Biden team followed Clinton playbook in smearing laptop story as, quote, Russian disinfo. And this is from April. The Biden campaign strategy to undermine reporting on Hunter's laptop recalls the Clinton campaign's meddling in the Trump Russia hoax. Not shocking. We learned last week Secretary of State Anthony Blinken had set into motion the events that led to the issuance of a public statement by a group of former intelligence officers falsely framing the Hunter Biden laptop story as Russian disinformation. That would be the spies who lie, which the New York Post came out with that headline, which we all appreciated very much. Her conclusion, while Morell's testimony opens many lines of inquiry, raising questions about Blinken, the 51 signatories, members of the Biden campaign like Bates and Ricchetti, and other Biden advisors, including Michael Carpenter, Beacon Global should not be overlooked as the House Oversight Committee attempted uh, committee's attempt to unravel the Russian disinformation hoax. Interesting. Beacon was part of the Russian disinfo hoax, possibly. So anyway, that is something that Margot Cleveland wrote, and you guys should check that out for sure. I'm going to retweet this whole thread, and you guys can read it on your own time. It's good stuff. Exhibit 308. This email and attachment was received by the investigative team by electronic search warrant served on Google related to Hunter's Google email account. The John Sandweg referenced in the emails is believed to be the former acting director of U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement in office August 1st, 2013 through February 21st, 2014. The email from Sandwike references that he had someone search government databases, DHS Customs and Department of State databases, for information relating to the Burisma CEO, Nikolai Zolochevsky. So, 
they had a guy on the inside who was going through and looking for information about the guy who they were trying to get rid of. Good stuff. How does this not require a FARA filing? The good news is that there has been no application of an immigration bar, meaning the client is able to reapply and is not currently subject to any legal prohibitions on obtaining a visa. That said, the reason state cancels visas in situations like this is to force the visa holder to come into the embassy slash consulate and answer questions related to the issues that are concerning state. As we discussed, I do not recommend that to the client to make any effort to obtain a new visa under the other matter until the other matters are resolved. Let me know if you have any questions or concerns. Sandwag. Fascinating. I don't know. I don't know if that should require a fair filing because I'm not a legal expert. But Margot does, so I trust her. Exhibit 310 and 310B. This email and attachment were received by the investigative team via electronic. Right, we've heard this before. This email and attachment refers to notes of conference call the White House hosted regarding then-Vice President Joseph Biden's upcoming trip to Ukraine, which was then shared with Hunter, Archer, and Vadim Posarsky. On the call were two advisors to then-Vice President Biden. According to public record, then-Vice President traveled to Ukraine on or about December 6, 2015. Uh, this email um, uh, served on Google related to Eric Schwerin's Google email account. The email and attachment referred to Burisma meetings held in D.C. with multiple members of congressional staff on or about March 29th, 2016 through April 1st, and then Exhibit 312 and 312B. This email and attachment received by the investigative team via electronic search warrant related to Eric Schwerin's Google email account. This email references letter referencing Burisma and Nikolai Zloshevsky that was to be hand-delivered to the new general prosecutor in Ukraine, Yuri Lutsenko. Hmm... She says, holy ish, this is crazy. All right, this email. This morning, the White House hosted a conference call regarding Vice President's upcoming trip to Ukraine, attached a member from the Blue Star Strategies team with the minutes of the call, which outlined the trip's agenda and addressed several questions regarding U.S. policy toward Ukraine. We hope this is helpful. Please let us know if you have questions. Blue Star team. This is from Sean Keeley. Hunter Biden's in there. Devin Darch is in there. Burisma is in there. Uh, Eric Schwerin's in there. I don't know who that is. S. Mom Tazzy. Sally Painter's in there. Karen Tremonto. I don't recognize these names now. And then, yes, they are specifically referring to Burisma and Joe Biden, then Vice President's trip over there. So it's very clear by this point that Joe Biden was working for his son as far as making sure that the company that Hunter worked with, worked for, who paid him a lot of money, um, was taken care of well. And one of those things that was required was this prosecutor to be removed from office. So Joe Biden used his influence, used his power to withhold money to push this prosecutor, push for this prosecutor to be removed by the country of Ukraine. And that is, in fact, exactly what happened. Isn't that shocking? Everyone's very surprised. No one would have possibly thought that Joe Biden would be involved with this stuff. But here we are. All right, you guys, let's talk about something different now that is interesting, but it's a lot of technical talk. Definitely follow Margot if you don't already. Let me make sure that I retweet that thread that she just shared. She is a very smart lady and has been doing this for quite a while. All right, let's go retweet that real fast. Do, 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 do. Okay, so let's we're gonna talk next. We're gonna talk about 
I think we'll talk about Philadelphia next because it's a really interesting analysis that people have of what's going on in Philadelphia. I don't know if you guys know this, but there were insane riots there. I'm going to show some TikTok footage. Hopefully, um, hopefully I won't get a copyright strike on that. Although I don't know at this point. Let me mute this. I'm not really interested in hearing what this guy has to say. We're just going to look at some of the raw footage here. So here we have. Wow. What is happening? I'm actually going to slow it down a little bit so you can see. This is pretty fast. So we can see piles of people, piles of items. We see police officers running around on the street. We see looters running out of the store wearing masks. Yeah, so look at all these people over here. These people are about to be interrogated by the cops. Yep, here comes a looter. He has a bunch of clothes that he just drops. This cop's, you know, overwhelmed because there's too much going on. Here, oh, he caught one. Look at that. So he got, I don't think that's a guy in the mask, but he certainly did get somebody. So here we are. Yeah, and then this, the scenes in Philadelphia from last night were utterly insane. And I really don't care what this guy has to say at all. But these cops utterly outnumbered. They were saying that they had captured like 20 of these people. Let's figure out why exactly this was happening. Uh, Vinny says, scenes from Philadelphia, um, a.k.a. this woman is bat-ish crazy. Yeah, appreciate it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. End words. Nobody's very happy about this. Goodness gracious. Yeah, this is crazy, right? This is absolutely insane. This is really happening in an American city, like as we speak. These people who are clearly not starving, just loading up on luxury goods and fleeing the scene of the crime and being pursued. I'm glad the cops were at least attempting to do what they were trying to do because we saw, we have seen them not do this stuff in other cities. And this made me wonder who the prosecutor is in Philadelphia, because I don't think that they are likely to do anything about the people who did this. Was that unnecessarily rough? I don't know. This cop had like 15 different people that he was trying to arrest. He caught one. He really wanted to let him know that he was probably overly frustrated by the situation. This is an incredibly overstimulating experience for everyone. Um, these flash mobs are crazy, obviously committed to committing crimes like this lady. She's fighting back. None of these people are going easily. And uh, they only caught like 20, but apparently there were over 200 who were out hitting the streets, having all these ridiculous. Oh, yeah, this one from inside the store is crazy. Uh, so this is an Apple store. So remember yesterday when we talked about talked about how a lot of these companies have reduced strictly reduced the number of white people they're hiring. Do you think that anyone who's robbing these stores cares at all about what these companies have done? No, of course not. Absolutely not. None of this makes any difference. And I'm not entirely sure why people think that, um, that kind of stuff is going to help. I don't think they're trying to, um, I don't think they're actually trying to prevent any of this stuff, but this is absolutely crazy to me. Like that's a security lady there who's just standing there recording. See, she's not making any of this better. She's watching it. She obviously thinks it's super interesting. These people aren't starving. They're not stealing food. They're stealing expensive goods because they know they can. And sure enough, they absolutely can. LF Copter says, I'm actually surprised cops are doing anything. 
looks like a dangerous situation for them. Yeah, absolutely. Bill says, I got kicked off Twitter for suggesting what uh, what the owner could do to stop this. Owners should have the right to defend their property. Yeah, man. I don't know. I got a comment from you, which is weird. Thank you for the comment. Lydia, you are pretty cool and doing a great job on the show. I hope it grows. Thank you. I'm not too worried about it growing. I'm about to take a bit of a hiatus with a new baby. Um, so I'm sure it will shrink over the course of that hiatus. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, so... Yeah, law enforcement finally steps in to stop the looting. This was Philly tonight. Crazy stuff. Absolutely crazy to me. Let's look up who the prosecutor is in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Can't spell, can't spell. You know I never can. Who we got? Largest prosecutor's office in Pennsylvania. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. Who is it? Who is it? Name. I want to know their affiliation. I want to know all about them. Oh, Larry Krasner. Larry Krasner is not a conservative. He is a very, you know what? I don't know if he was Soros funded. Let's find out. I bet you a nickel that none of these people who were arrested the other night. Hey, he was backed by George Soros. Would you look at that? Oh, no. Yeah. Bob Casey to Larry Krasner backed by billionaire mega donor George Soros. Correct. Yes. And none of these people will see a minute of jail time. I guarantee it. But that's not surprising at all. Uh, let's read the New York Post piece on this. Oh, there's Dot. She's behind me. Hi, Dot. Hello. She sleeps pretty soundly. Looters strike Apple, Foot Locker, and Lululemon stores in Philadelphia. At least 15 people arrested in mass chaos. A group of young looters created havoc in Philadelphia on Tuesday night, stealing from several stores in a spree that was unrelated to earlier actually peaceful protests over a judge's decisions to drop charges against a cop who fatally shot Eddie Irizarry, police say. The unruly crowd outnumbered responding officers as they went from store to store in Center City, lifting merchandise and stuffing it in into large plastic bags, CBS Philadelphia reported. The shoplifters hit a footlocker and apple store near 15th and Chestnut Streets, as well as Lululemon in Rittenhouse Square. Interesting name. And, and are accused of assaulting a security guard at the shoe store, according to the local station. At least 15 people were arrested in connection with a frenzied mass shoplifting According to ABC7, looting has no connection to the demonstration held earlier in the day over the dismissal of charges in the Irizarry case, multiple Philadelphia police commanders told the outlet. So this is totally separate. This is just a flash mob. The unruly crowd outnumbered responding officers as they went from store to store in Center City. My goodness, that's a lot of people. Um, it's very interesting to me that people are starting to notice that they actually do outnumber cops by a very significant margin. I don't think that's a good place to be. Now, if everyone were armed, I think that would be fine. But everyone's not armed, which means these people can just go from location to location, taking whatever they want, selling it, getting rich, doing that. It will become a black market and, uh, you know, we'll be fine. Sorenko says Rittenhouse Square, LOL, indeed, indeed. Larry was a lawyer for Occupy in Philly, too. That does not surprise me. Jared points out, I think the list of who isn't Soros funded is getting shorter and shorter lately. Indeed it is. It is actually a safe bet that a prosecutor in any big city is very likely to be Soros funded. And I have to say that is a very smart tactic to take if you want to undermine the U.S. 
All right, you guys, let's hop on over to, oh yes, the most dangerous state that the Washington Post wants you to know about. So having seen those scenes from Philadelphia, we are going to talk about the scary situation in Texas. To live in Texas is to live surrounded by guns, laments the Washington Post. And see if you can notice what element is missing here, because there is a very significant noteworthy element that you would think they would be screaming about and tearing their hair out over if it were a fact. It's not. And it's very easily proven to not be a factor. So let's read the thread. Each morning, people strap guns inside suits, boots, bras, and belly band holsters that render them invisible. They stash firearms in purses and toolboxes and even take guns to protest at the state capitol. My God! They didn't shoot anyone. The only person who died at the protest was a lady who was on the side of the protesters who was shot in the neck by a police officer. Neighbors tuck guns into bedside tables, cars, and trucks. They take guns fishing, to church, the park, the pool, and the gym. The convention center even hosts gun shows where shoppers peruse AR-15s and high-capacity magazines outlawed in other states. Texans have purchased about 5.8 million firearms since 2020, more than any other state, according to the Washington Post estimate based on federal background checks. So you're telling me that every single one of these people who owns a firearm legally went through a background check. Good to know. Thank you, Washington Post. It has been legal to openly carry guns like rifles for generations, but Texas's gun-friendly attitude is not just a relic of the Old West and ranching. Many restrictions on handguns were loosened only recently. That's right. I was interested to learn that Texas was not the most gun-friendly state in the country. I think that that privilege has long gone to Florida, who has also very recently very loosened their laws, too. Last year, the rate at which Texans purchased guns was nearly double that of California, according to Washington Post estimate. Are you surprised by that? Because nothing today has surprised me less. Unlike California and some other blue states, Texas has no state firearm sales registry, no required waiting period to buy a gun, no law guarding against the mentally ill or violent having weapons, no restrictions on the size of ammunition magazines, and no background checks for guns purchased in private sales. My goodness, this is terrifying. Experts say it's difficult to estimate how many guns there are overall in Texas. The attraction to guns has grown, not despite the state's increased numbers of mass killings. Texas has had the most of any state from 2015 to this year, 30 in total. But because of them, according to gun owners, my goodness, that is terrifying information. How many of those mass killings were committed with legally purchased firearms by legally gun-owning uh, gun owners? Just curious. That was really my question. That was what I hope, was hoping you guys would pick up on. None of this happens because of legally gun-owning owners. While a majority of Americans favor stricter gun laws and say it's too easy to obtain a gun, many Texans see guns as a solution to the problem, not the problem itself. Without their weapons, more than two dozen gun owners said in interviews that they feel nervous. They worry about crime after a spike in murders during the pandemic, even though Washington Post rushes to point out Rates of homicide and other serious crimes are largely down this year in the United States. Yeah. I mean, look at Philly. Nothing is happening. They also say they worry about government overreach and societal collapse. Oh, I can't imagine why. Everything seems fine. They take solace in knowing that they're armed and that someone else around them probably is too. Some relish spotting the telltale imprint of a concealed gun. It's part of being Texan, said Willie Will Morovitz, a seventh generation Texan. Good, 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 good. 
all this is fantastic. Um, what I was really waiting for over the course of this terrifying thread from the Washington Post was for them to talk exactly about how many innocent lives are lost to legal gun owners. And I did not see that number come up, which is really interesting because you would think that that would be the top of their case against it. Don't be a pro- don't be like proxy y'all. Don't forget to hit like. Thank you. Appreciate that, proxy. Let's see where Texas ranks in terms of violent crime. States by violent can it type 2022. Let's just say from 2022. Okay. So here's what we have. Crime rate by state. Oh, interesting. So we have an interesting little map here. I don't understand. Uh, 8,000 to, so this darkest blue. How interesting, how interesting that some of the bluest regions in the state are also the highest in gun crime. Let's talk about it. DC. I don't understand their numbers. Let's see if we can get an explainer. This is too simple. Stop it. Crime rate by state. Awesome. Well, give me a breakdown. Crime is alive and well in the United States as a nation. We have relatively high crime rates. However, they have decreased significantly over the past 25 years. The American government categorizes crime two ways. Criminal acts either violent crime or property crime. Four criminal behaviors that fall into each category of violent crime include aggravated assault, robbery, homicide, whether intentional or accidental, and rape. In 2020, the most common type of violent crime committed in the U.S. is aggravated assault. Robbery was next then homicide. Although homicide rates have always been pretty high in America, they still only accounted for about five cases per 100,000 people. So let's see if we can get a little information. So DC is the worst. These states up here are not the worst because they're very lightly populated. Uh, Massachusetts, for whatever reason, has a pretty good record with gun violence. It's not one of the big cities that you see as causing problems like Chicago or Philadelphia (laughs) or any of these other cities. Excuse me, for whatever reason. So Louisiana's pretty bad. Oklahoma's not great. Texas is not one of the worst. Neither are Hawaii, Arizona, Kansas, um, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida is doing great down there. Um, Yeah, so this is probably why the Washington Post didn't really want to mention this. But let's see if we can get a slightly better breakdown. What state in the U.S. has the highest crime rate in 2022? I wanted violent crime. 10 most dangerous states in the U.S. Alaska, New Mexico, Tennessee, Arkansas, Arizona, Louisiana, Missouri, South Carolina, South Dakota, and Michigan. So, interesting that Alaska, I never would have thought about that. I wonder if that's because of the low population up there. And then New Mexico, again, not sure why. I don't know the factors that are related to that. Tennessee, I know, has very loose gun restrictions, too. So, I'd be curious to know what's going on there. Arkansas, Arizona, Louisiana, Missouri, Huh. I just don't know much about these states, but Texas is not in the top 10. We'll just leave it at that. I just thought that was super interesting. And I wanted to poke fun at the Washington Post because they're just doing more fear mongering and they're just trying to, what they're actually doing with this thread is trying to turn Texans against one another. It could be your neighbors. They could have a gun. You should probably be scared of them, but I don't think that's going to work in Texas because first of all, Texas is huge. They have a huge population and most of them are very fine with the idea of having guns. And I think that's great. I think that's exactly how it should be. And thank goodness for this. I hope this thread keeps blue people out of Texas for sure. 
All right, you guys, what are, what are we going to talk about here? Let's talk about lockdowns because we're coming up again against another election here in about a year. Jeffrey Tucker says, explain this. Trump said he never locked down, but rather only gave advisories. Fauci said he never advised locking down. Now we have former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo saying that he had no enforcement power, so closures were entirely voluntary. Many governors are pretending nothing ever happened. How is it possible that the entire country was utterly wrecked for a year or two and we still deal with a fallout and yet no one in charge takes any responsibility for anything? They're even claiming that they didn't actually do anything at all. It all feels like this brings new meaning to the term gaslighting. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that we're going to get another pandemic, 2024 or 2025 or whatever. And um, no one's going to know what happened then either. No one's going to take any responsibility. People like Fauci are going to move right back in because that's what they do. They never go away. They are a part of the permanent state. There's nothing you can do about it. But it's just going to be the same old song and dance, especially if we elect the same people all over again. M.A. is too... Okay, let's see here what Casey is saying. Oh, I don't know what you're correcting there. So many electronics are like that now, but most people will still steal them. I mean, these aren't the smartest people for sure. If they're rioting, they're not the smartest people, period. Um, Yesh says you already know. I'm not sure what you're referring to. I like the list. Yep. Rittenhouse Square. LOL. Yes. Mr. Proxy says to live in Texas is to be surrounded by good guys with guns. That's right. I don't know if you guys recall the case of the attempted shooting at that church in Texas that was immediately put down. By good guys with guns who knew how to use them. And they solved the problem straight away. It was great. Find out it says, sup, lids, sup, how's it going? Sir Serenko says, they reminder, there are people who think that the person written house shot was black when they were actually white. Correct. There's still a lot of disinformation about what happened with Kyle Rittenhouse. And people still call him a murderer and all this other stuff. It's nonsense. <laughs> Meanwhile, you know where you never see one of these mass shooting flash mob videos. Well, I've certainly never seen one come out of Florida. And I don't think anybody's ever seen one come out of Texas and many other such cases. Um, but to be fair, this is mostly concentrated in these very, very blue metropolises. And that shouldn't really surprise anyone because these people only act this way because they know, thanks to their Soros prosecutors, that they're not going to get in trouble. And they're right. So, good for them, I guess. D.C. is a rough city, man. As Dave Chappelle used to say, yes. Yes. D.C. I used to drive through and I felt like that city was truly evil on a really gross level. And I've never shaken that feeling. It's never gone away. <laughs> and I don't think that's ever changed. But here we are. It's, it's where all of our government power is centered. And that would explain it right there. LOL says, New Mexico and AZ are right along a completely open border. Yes, with Phoenix being the drug trafficking capital of the country. That's right. Whisper and Unheil are always telling us about Tucson for sure, for sure. So, find out says Fauci was on the CIA payroll, covert and unregistered visits. I did see that article and I will never miss an opportunity to tell you that Donald J. Trump gave this man a medal on his last day in office. I just want you to know that as the only man who could save us from the left he sure was in bed with a lot of people who were also in bed with the CIA. And I have no patience for that. Um, we'll see what happens in 2024. It would be better if he won than um, Joe Biden, obviously. 
Uh, we only have a few minutes left, so I actually might wrap it here. I was going to talk about Ozempic. I was going to talk about Victoria's Secret, more cultural stuff, because those are kind of interesting too. But if you haven't checked out thefederalist.com lately, you should do that now. Um, as far as Ozempic goes, I will tell you that losing weight is possible. You need to focus up on what you're eating. You need to fine tune your plan. You need to learn what works for you. And you need to keep in mind that this is a marathon, not a sprint. And it is a lifestyle change, not a diet. And those are some of the most important things I can tell you. Ozempic, not the answer. I like this headline. Ozempic is a permanent treatment to a preventable problem that already has a cure. And indeed it is. In desperation, Americans are getting hooked on a lucrative drug that conveniently capitalizes on the obesity epidemic. That's right. It costs a thousand bucks a month for this drug and your insurance might not even cover it, but who knows? Knowles on IRL. Awesome. He has been on before and he is a super nice guy. He strikes me as just such a good, genuine, outgoing, compassionate people person. And when we were last in Nashville, he remembered Andy and me's names and he was like super, super kind and sweet to us. So hats off to that man. He's just a genuinely good guy. Um, yeah, for sure. Good night, Lydia and everyone. Good night, Jared. Good night, Psycho Clown. All right, you guys. I will catch you all tomorrow. Hopefully my throat isn't hurting too bad. Um, I will see you all next time. Until then, remember, stay safe, stay well, stay out of Target. Bye, guys.